0: Creating content that shows who you are and attracts the people you want to work with. My name is Trey McLeodie, and I'm building my company, McLeodie Media, into the best real estate content marketing company in the world. Welcome to my podcast, where I'll be teaching you everything I learned on how to build a better business and market yourself to get the right customers. This is not something I'm just making up. These high level creators are doing long form content and splitting it in short form content. It is a huge leverage point. And what is the commonality that you see between the two? One did podcasts that they then spliced into short form and they were doing the content at scale. They were posting five to seven times and that was Ryan Panetta. Now we're going over to Layla Hormozy and we're seeing that she does long form content and then clips it down into short form content. I think that some people are really good at short form. But for the majority, I think that doing this long form strategy is a huge leverage point for you in both your time and business relationships. And then talk about leverage to an even deeper level. You now have two different mediums in which you can create content or in which you can post content. You have long form for YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and then you also have short form. Welcome, everybody, to the Micheletti podcast. Today, we have a great episode. We're going to be breaking down some viral content from some of my favorite content creators, some very popular content creators. We're going to be analyzing their messaging, say what we like about it, say what we don't like about it, and then also break it down from the fundamentals of what makes a good video and how can you implement it into your own content strategy. So let's dive straight into it. Who is going to be the first creator we look at? I want to do a breakdown of Ryan Panetta's strategy because Ryan Panetta is something somewhat interesting. He started his content creation journey in 2020. He is a real estate investor and he has a bunch of different businesses, but he's really blown up with his content. He's not getting a ton of views like Gary V, Alex Lermozzi, but he posts so consistently, he does it more of a volume game where his content is really impactful, but he just posts so much of it. If you look at his Instagram, he's posting like three, four, five times a day. And that works from a couple different areas because he doesn't need every video to go absolutely viral. He doesn't need every video to go viral. He can get 100,000 views in a couple of days, just based on volume. A lot of people will say, oh, I'm going, to go for, I'm going to go for quality. And I think quality is very important, but he knows what quality is and then he produces it at scale. And that's when you start to get into the really impactful view counts, right? Because if he's posting every single day, three to four times a day, and he may not be getting 100,000 views on each video, but if he's getting 10,000 views per video, that's like 30 to 40,000 views to 50,000 views a day. That's crazy. That impact on your business is crazy. And not everybody is going to see every single one of your posts. So I really like the strategy of going at scale. But one thing I will say is before he went up to scale, he started off by mastering the quality of the content. He figured out what works. How can I get better? And as he got better, he then started to scale the content approach. So when we scroll through and we look at his content, you see a lot of podcast content. And I'm going to click on here so we can really get a better view of it. You see a lot of podcast content. This is a piece of podcast content. This is a piece of podcast content. Podcast content, podcast content, podcast content, podcast content. He's got a ton of podcast content, and each one is getting between three and looks like 10,000 views. So when we look at how he's creating the content, he's following that Gary Vee content distribution method where he is doing the long-form content from his podcast, and then he's splicing the best clips from that and then posting it as content. So I really love that strategy because I think it helps you do a couple things. We're always talking about how to have content lead to real business results, right? One of the best ways to generate leads long-term is to build strong referral partners, strong business development relationships, right? And I think that's what a podcast allows you to do. So he's leveraging his time by doing this podcast and that allows him to get multiple pieces of content within the span of an hour. But then the secondary the secondary piece of that is he's building relationship with his podcast guests. And I think that's something that's super underrated about doing content collaboration. When you bring people on your podcast and you give them access to your network, But you also have this conversation for one to two hours with them, you're bringing them a lot of value. You're also building this strong relationship with them through that conversation, and they're more likely to refer with you or work with you. And in Ryan Panetta's case, he has a Panetta Capital business, right? And Panetta Capital essentially gets people's money or people can bring them deals. But on the money end, it takes people's money and he goes and he has his team look for these really great investment deals and he takes very wealthy people's money and then goes invests that into these large scale properties, so one of the ways that he's able to build this relation, these relationships with these really wealthy people, is by bringing them onto his podcast. He builds trust and credibility with them throughout the conversation, and they're more likely to give him their money once they trust him. So he can go invest it into these large scale properties, right? So that business development opportunity is massive when it comes to podcast content. So I love the way that he goes about it, and Gary Vee even talks about that as well. Gary Vee talks about how when you're producing a podcast, bring on. On your past, current, and future clients. Bring on those people so you can show people what it's like to have a relationship with you and what kind of results you can help them with when it comes to the past and current. But then also bring on future clients because you have conversations with them that are gonna get more people to view you. Let's say you're working with, in my case, I work with investors. So if I bring on an investor who owns a ton of property and I interview them about their journey, that content, that value that they can bring may drive more of people like them to come view my page. So that's one portion of it. But then I'm also having that conversation with them for one to two hours. And that could very well lead to a business relationship down the line. So podcast content, I love the way that he does it here. Um, But I'm even gonna go over to his YouTube channel because I wanna take a look at how often he's posting content on his YouTube channel, because I took a look at this yesterday and it looks like he's posting almost every two days on his YouTube. Almost every two days. He just posted again another YouTube video. He's posting podcasts like every two days, if not more than that. You have this one with, um, with looks like Brandon Turner and Brittany Arnason. Then you've got this one with Grant Met. He's a beast. I love Grant Mitt. You've got this one with Grant Cardone. He's just Tim Grover. And that's the other thing. Once you produce podcasts over and over and over again, and you start to build up some credibility, it gives you access to higher impact individuals. Like he has Tim Grover on his podcast here. He's got Grant Mitt on his podcast here. The, Grant Cardone, he's got some big, big fish here that can lead to some real business results down the line, whether it's through referrals or even just from him learning from them. So podcast content should absolutely be a must in your content strategy. If you want real business results almost immediately, bring on people that you can connect with that are going to lead to referrals or them working with you. And that's one of the best ways to do it. And it helps you from a content distribution standpoint. If these are hour long podcasts, you can get at least five to seven clips from that that you can clip down, whether it's through AI or paying somebody, uh, a company like mine to go through and pick the most impactful clips. One is a little bit more expensive, but it will definitely lead to better results when it comes to the content that's selected. One is a little bit cheaper and will be a little faster, but overall podcast content massive, massive leverage point. That's something that I see Ryan Panetta doing really well. And I think that's how, he, I don't think that's how he's able to, that's how he's able to produce these, these videos. And I'm sharing my screen here. So you can see on the YouTube video, that's how he's able to produce videos at scale like this. Like this is just within the past 24 hours. I'm looking at content posted in the past 24 hours. That's one video, two video, three video, four video, five video, six video, seven videos in the past 24 hours is how much that he's posting seven videos. That's absolutely nuts. Even if he doesn't get 10,000 views on each and every video, look what he's getting. This one's 16,000, 9,000, 7,000, 7,000, uh, 2000, just within 28 minutes like that at scale is so massive. So massive. You don't need to go viral on every video. If you're producing quality in quantity. So dude, absolutely massive. He's got to be getting millions of views every single month based on his strategy. So if I had to give one one takeaway from Ryan Panetta's content strategy, it would be to start a podcast, bring on people that you can build real business relationships with, have that hour to two hour conversation, and then take that longer piece of content, post it to YouTube. And then splice it down into five to seven really impactful clips. And then if you have the capacity, once you get really good at it, start off with picking out the most impactful clips out of that one to two hour conversation, probably like two to three, because you're not going to be great at the podcast to start. But once you get better, start picking up five to seven clips per pod. And now you can post two to three to four to five times a day. So Ryan Panetta's content strategy, that is my breakdown podcast into short form, and then start off with quality. And then eventually, once you get really good at quality, now you can start spreading into quantity. That is my breakdown of Ryan Panetta's content strategy. You know what? Do me a favor. If you're having a great day today, if you're not having a bad day, you're having a great day, drop it down in the chat, drop it down in the chat. Just say, can't have a bad day in the chat. That's what we need. All right. We're going to keep moving. We're going to keep moving and grooving and booming and booming. Here we go. Next person that I want to analyze here, let's go to Layla Hormozy. All right, next up, we have Layla Hormozy. We're going to be diving into her content strategy, seeing what kind of content she posts, how she posts the content, how is she creating the content in general, and how can we pull some information from that to implement it into our own strategy. Layla Hormozy. just a quick breakdown of her. She's the wife of Alex Hormozzi, CEO of acquisition.com, an absolute badass. I love her content. One of my favorite podcasts of hers, I've listened to probably like eight times. She gives very clear, actionable steps. She's obviously a badass leader that's developing this massive business of turning acquisition.com into a billion-dollar company. But also she wants to do it in this way where not everybody hates their job. She wants to bring people in and actually have them enjoy the work. When you look at some of these other companies that do investment and acquisition, like acquisition.com does, they'll just pump through people. They'll just bring bring on consultants and then just overwork them, overwork them, overwork them, and there's a ton of churn. They'll bring somebody on, have them do a ton of work, and then they'll drop them. And that's not the way that she wants to build her business. She wants to build her business with a great company culture where people love to come to work and they are able to make massive impact and she retains them for a long time. And I love that mission. So we're gonna break down her content strategy, see what kind of things she's doing, and we're gonna break down, what can we implement? Thank you everybody for joining on the Instagram Live. I appreciate you guys being on here. If you guys have any questions, once again, Drop it in the chat below. We're about to break down Layla Hormozy's content strategy. We're about to break it down for you guys. Okay, first things first, let's take a look at what kind of short form content that she's posting, and then we'll start taking a look at what kind of long form content she's posting to see if there's any collaboration there. One of my favorite ways to create content, like I've said earlier in the video, is producing long form, breaking that down into short forms. So let's see if she follows that strategy or if she's more of a short form wizard. Let's take a look handling different opinions. Looks like there's a lot of direct to camera stuff here, actually, which I find interesting because generally speaking, direct to camera takes a lot more effort because long form content, you can go for a really long time and kind of just cover a lot of different topics and then clip out the most impactful pieces. But when it comes to short form content, you really have to be precise over what words you're using and you have to be very quick and to the point. So I find it interesting that she does quite a bit of direct-to-camera stuff, so I wonder if her direct-to-camera stuff is actually long-form that, this, that she then pieces down into the short-form still. Um, generally speaking, you see a lot of short-form content that's talking to direct-to-camera that's just produced for short-form, but sometimes people are good enough to be able to do long-form direct-to-camera and then clip it down into short-form direct-to-camera. What a lot of people will do when it comes to doing long form into short form is they'll do some sort of interview. They'll do some sort of breakdown, kind of like this, where you're not just hitting point after point after point. You're more so giving a preview into a conversation. So um, really interesting. We're going to take a look at some of her content. One second. And that's okay. Just don't hide it. What's new for us is like the brand presence. I am used to being more decisive in a business and I feel like for the last couple of Okay, minutes, so this one was definitely So this one right here that we just watched was definitely from a vlog that they recorded. I definitely feel like this was from a vlog they recorded. So I'm going to I'm interested to see if this was a um, if this video was from that. So we'll verify that in a little bit. In my head which is like everything we do is being watched, which was like a new filter for me. I'm feeling like what well, you do make the wrong decision was it look like people are always watching, they're tweeting they're and watch me fuck up. If we do, I'll own it because that's who I am. And so I just want to share that for you guys because I think I'm going to fuck up. He's going to fuck up. Y'all are all going to fuck up and that's okay. Just don't hide it. You know what I mean? You know what I love about this specific message? Layla Hermozzi says, you're going to fuck up. I'm going to fuck up. He's going to fuck up. We're all going to fuck up. Just don't hide it. I love that message because when it comes to producing content on social media, you'll see a lot of people that do it and then stop doing it based on their mood and what's going on in real life. So you have people that produce content at scale when they are doing really well in business, and then as soon as something bad happens, they'll just stop producing completely because they don't want to show the ugly side or they just don't have the energy and the bandwidth to be able to do it, right? And I think that her saying this of, it's okay to fuck up and it's okay not to hide it, it's so true. Once you start posting content on social media, you don't need to think that you need to be perfect because when you feel like you need to be perfect, that's that's when you put too much pressure around yourself and when you start to shut down and just not want to do anything. Nobody's perfect. Nobody will ever be perfect. All you need to do is bring, like all it comes down to is bringing value. You have value to bring, whether you're someone that just started a business or somebody that's been in business for a very long time, whether you're a beginner or someone who has been in it for years and years and years, whether it's from skateboarding, business, um, making food, everybody has some sort of value to bring. So don't create content just purely based on your emotional state and what's going on in your personal life. As soon as you do that, that's when you start to fail. That's when you start to put too much pressure and you start to not be consistent. And consistency is key. It's something I've struggled with. It's something I continue to struggle with. I built my business around helping people be consistent. So Keep that consistency up. Don't let your emotions dictate your actions. That's the key. And even going a little deeper into what she's talking about here, not hiding the fuck-ups. So many people want to seem perfect on social media. Be okay with sharing some of your your losses as well. Sometimes showing off the losses is just as impactful as showing off the wins. Saying, yeah, I fucked up on investments before. Yeah, I fucked up in this area. I fucked up in this area. And then here's how I got better from it. That is almost just as impactful as saying, yeah, I made a million dollars. Here's how I made a million dollars and lost a million dollars and what I did to let that never happen again. The fact that I showed that I lost it almost builds more credibility because I'm not showing you that I did it perfectly because that's almost unrealistic. It's almost unbelievable. And sometimes it can make people jealous. It can make people jealous a little bit too much right? And then that might make them lose relatability with you. So be okay with showing off some of the losses. That is absolutely okay. So I love this message from Layla. And then talking about how she produced this content, it looks like it's in some sort of log. So I'm going to go to her YouTube channel and verify that really quick. All right. We're going to watch this video. I'm in the living room with all my friends. Everybody, including myself, is covered in mud. My friend's car has like a ginormous dent in it. My friend wakes up and finds a note in his pocket do not damage this tree we hit a tree we were like and then we got out of the car and it was a swamp but i remember being like how did we survive all right pausing this video here now when we go back to her instagram to Layla hermosi's instagram you see this right here boom pause ask yourself the question. so feel emotional. Is there evidence to support how I feel is valid? Does that sound logical or is that Im- so they are actually taking the long form content direct to camera and then producing it into short form? Because when you look at here, she's wearing the same, she's literally wearing the exact same outfit, not in this one, but in this one right here, she's wearing the exact same outfit. So they are actually taking the long form direct to camera content and then splicing it into short form. So we've now looked at two creators here. We've looked at two creators. It looked like this one was from a vlog. This one's obviously from the long form content that's direct to camera. We've looked at two creators and what is the commonality that you see between the two? One did podcasts that they then spliced into short form and they were doing the content at scale. They were posting five to seven times and that was Ryan Panetta. Now we're going over to Layla Hormozy and we're seeing that she does long form content and then clips it down into short form content this is not something I'm just making up. These high level creators are doing long form content and splitting it in to short form content. It is a huge leverage point. I think that some people are really good at short form, but for the majority, I think that doing this long form strategy is a huge leverage point for you in both your time and business relationships, both your time and business relationships. And then talk about leverage to an even deeper level You now have two different mediums in which you can create content or in which you can post content. You have long form for YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and then you also have short form. So it's just about leverage. When you only produce short form, you have one medium and sure you can go take that short form and you can extrapolate on it in a piece of long form. But I think it's much, much better when you do long form and then clip it down into short form. So I don't mean to beat on this too hard, but we've now looked at two different creators, That are doing this style of content. So I want to break down the three ways that you can do long form and turn it into short form. Now, number one is podcast style content, bring on guests, future clients, current clients, past clients, potential referral partners, bring them on to your podcast and have a genuine conversation with them over an hour or two. And when you're producing the idea for this podcast, all you need to do is come up with an overarching theme of a way that they can bring value to your audience. So for me, for example, if I'm bringing on a real estate investor and I run a marketing agency, so if I'm bringing on a real estate investor that produces content or that that has invested in billions of dollars in real estate, I may talk to them about, first of all, their journey of how they got to that point, but also how they find their deals, because that relates directly back to my business and brings people value that may not be at their level yet. So the podcast where you're bringing on past, future, and current clients and asking them about how they got to where they are and then coming up with some way that relates back to, to your business that you can bring your audience value, huge leverage point. Number two is thought leadership content. And what thought leadership content is, is coming up with a lesson that you learned in the past that you want to then give to your audience to help them avoid the pain that you have avoided. And to help them achieve the result that you have achieved. And that was a perfect example of thought leadership content. That video that we watched by Layla Hormozy, I got arrested six times. She's teaching you the lessons that she learned from getting arrested six times. That's thought leadership content. I've done this. I've experienced this. This is what I learned. This is how I've gotten to where I've gotten. So if you want to produce long-form content, write down five lessons that you've learned in the past month, in the past year, in the past five years of your life, five big lessons that have morphed you into who you are today. And then break down the story of what happened there and then figure out how do I wanna give the actionable information to this from this lesson that I've learned. And Hormozy breaks this down masterfully in $100 million leads. He says that the three ways to retain attention in producing your content are lists, steps, and stories. So when you're producing this thought leadership content, I think the way you should do it is write down the five lessons that you've learned over the past month, over the past year, over the past five years that have morphed you into who you are. Write down and think or just think of what the story of that lesson is and share that story to add some context as to what happened. Then when you're delivering the actionable items to help them get to where you are do you want to do it in a list or step-by-step format so if I have a story of here's uh, here's how I started my business from 0 to 30 K a month and I tell the story right if I wanted to give the information the actionable items I could do it either here are the five businesses that I would start in order to get to the same way in order to get to the same place or I could go even a little deeper on that and I could say, here are the five steps to starting a marketing agency and scaling it to that same point. So the difference between lists and stories is lists, you're giving different options as to how to achieve this result. Step-by-step is you're picking one option and then giving them the step-by-step framework on exactly how to achieve this goal right here. So thought leadership content is my second way to creating long-form content and then splicing it down into short form. Number three is live stream Q&A. Livestream q and is one of my favorite ways to create content, especially as you start to build your audience. Even right now, I'm on Instagram Live. I don't have anybody on the Instagram Live, but the first Instagram Live I ever did, I had about 20 people on it. And I had question after question that I was answering and answering and answering. I think that you can do the same exact thing. As you start to build your audience to 1,000 to 2,000 to 5,000 to 100,000 people and you jump on a live stream, you'll be able to answer real-time questions that people have and give them actionable value on how to solve their problem. I think that's one of the highest leverage activities that you can do because you're building relationship with your audience at a deeper level because you're answering questions specifically tailored to them and giving them answers specifically tailored to them. And then when it comes to leveraging your time, you're building relationship, number one, which is a huge leverage of time. But then number two, you're producing this long-form in three different formats. You're live streaming, you're producing a piece of long form, and then you're also able to clip that into short form. So from a leverage standpoint, you're doing three different content mediums, which is huge, massive. Now, when it comes to the execution of the live stream, here is the three steps on setting up a successful live stream when it comes to Q and A. Step number one, you want to post the Q and A. You want to go on your story and you want to post a story that says, hey, I'm hosting this kind of Q&A, submit your questions here. And then when you go on the Q&A, regardless of who comes on, if anybody went on your post and submitted a question, but then doesn't jump on the live, you'll have questions to rattle off. Not in real time, but they're questions that your audience does have. So that's number one. And then you're also going to tell them the time. Number two, once you jump on the live stream interact immediately. When people jump on, say hello. When people ask questions, make sure to respond to them right away. Unless you have a ton of questions coming in, if it's a smaller audience, answer the questions right away. And if somebody asks a question while you're answering your question, say, give me one second. I'm going to come back to your question. Make sure you're interacting with your audience. Now the last step, and this is almost step number one. We're going to bring it back because this is kind of the setup, right? When it comes to the setup, come up with an overall theme of what you want to discuss in your live stream. Come up with an overall theme. When you have a direction, you're able to bring more tailored, specific value. So when you go on your live stream, are you going to be talking about business? Are you going to be talking about football? Are you to, and even going deeper in business? Are you going to be talking about marketing, about sales? What are you going to be talking about? And then come up with how you want to deliver this Q&A. Do you want to give them, uh, do you want to have somebody come on a Google meet with you? Like have people literally submit a QA. and a and then pick like ten people to jump on a Google Meet with you, and then also live stream the Google Meet. Layla Hormozy has done this while having while answering those questions. That's a great way to do it. Or do you want to just have people enter their questions into the live stream and then answer them in real time? Figure out how you want to deliver the information. So live stream content, one of my favorite forms of producing long form content. So thank you guys for watching today. Hopefully you got a ton of information about how to produce content like some of the greats. We watched both Ryan Panetta and Lalo Hormozzi's short form and long form content. We broke down their exact strategies on how they did it. And then we came up with some ways that you can get started in producing your own long form content. So if you guys found value in this, or you have any questions for the next episode, drop a comment down below, and I'm happy to answer it for you. See you guys on the next episode.